All right, welcome to our Wednesday night service. We've had a busy time and a good time serving the Lord. And we had Sunday afternoon, we had that panel discussion. And evidently, a lot of people liked it because we've had a bunch of viewings on that. And we're going to do, continue to do that. Well, this time it's going to be on the 18th. That'll be a Sunday afternoon on the 18th. And then the next month, we're going to do it on the 4th Sunday. But anyway. <laughs> These men are carrying on here a little bit. Anyway, so we're thankful for the opportunity. I want everybody to understand the church of the Lord Jesus Christ is ultimately a teaching institution. He said, go you into all the world teaching. Now, everybody always tries to make apologies for that. But it says teaching. It was a teaching institution. Now, we also, we are a worshiping institution. We worship God in the spirit and the truth. But our main thrust, other than worship, is the teaching of the word of God. We are not responsible for the results. God gives the increase. What he has assigned to us is to faithfully sow the good seed, and the good seed is the word of God. And that's what we attempt to do. And I'm sure there's lots of folks that don't really care much for it. They'd rather have more entertainment. But we are not a religious entertainment group. We are a church, an assembly, to serve God and to keep his commandments. Uh, and you know, some time ago, I've just heard about this, but some time ago, I don't know how many years ago it was, but they, how many years ago did they, did they pass an ordinance or a commandment or a law that you can no longer use dichlorodifluoromethane or monochlorodifluoromethane? You remember those? Freon 12 and Freon 22. And, and, and what was the reason for it? Huh? Global warming, and it does what in the atmosphere? In the ozone, yeah. And then they also put the quietus on spray cans, right? And what did you call those? Aerosol. Aerosol, that's the word I was looking for. Well, guess what the Biden administration is on to now? They're actually beginning, they're going to, to research and no telling how many billions of tax dollars will be thrown into this and how many contractors will be made rich off of it. But they are, are going to research and, and uh, work to see how they can block the sun. I'm serious. There's, to stop this global warming, they're going to block, attempt to block the sun. And here's the, here's the catcher. The one thing that they've got in mind right now is they're going to release gigantic amounts of, what was it we called the spray cans? Aerosol. Aerosol into the atmosphere to block the sun. Good. Now how much have they, how much has 
the government, how much have they even probably bankrupted a lot of people by stopping the regular refrigerated gases, 12 and 22. And don't tell them what else they've stopped. And the aerosol cans. Now they're going to use that thing to try to block the sun. I've got news for them. They're not going to do that. The weather comes from the maker of the weather, who is God. So anyway, do we believe in climate change? I think it changes all the time. Man, it's changed from last week to this week. The climate changes all the time. We used to laugh about it. If you don't like the weather in Kentucky, hang on a few minutes, it'll change. Well, you know, we're used to climate change. But what we're not used to is a bunch of idiots, and you can quote me on that, saying that they're going to do something about it. Uh, anyway, well, let's get on to the Word of God. We're going to be in the book of Ephesians, chapter 2. The last, not, the last week we were talking about the people Fearing God and serving other gods. Trying to balance between the two. We want the name of a, we're, we're Christians, but we're going to go ahead and do all of our idolatry. And we talked about that a little bit. And then, uh, anyway, here we're going to get into the second chapter of the book of Ephesians. One time years ago, well, when I was going to college, I was... I don't think it was in my senior year. I think he had to be a senior. But I was uh, elected president of the uh, student body. You know, small college. It wasn't no big deal. I didn't run a campaign. But they just, and I think Mike Powers was my vice president. I think he was anyway. <clears throat> so I wanted to do something. I thought it's that, that ought to entitle me to do something. So I decided that. The Ashton Avenue had that paper, the weekly paper, and they have a featured article, a featured sermon every week, you know. And I talked to Brother Brong about it, and I said, what would be the possibility that uh, with all of your, your approval that a student could write a sermon and possibly get it printed? And the Ashton Avenue paper had over 100,000 a week circulation. I thought that was a real opportunity. Doesn't it sound like it? Well, I don't know that we ever had more than two of us to write one. And I wrote one that got printed, and I wrote another one a little bit later, and it didn't get printed. Because it was on first chapter of Ephesians and the second chapter of Ephesians. And I was informed, not by Brother Brown, but by the president of the college, that it was uh, too deep. And the readers wouldn't understand. I said, well, isn't it about time they got exposed to it? It wasn't that it was wrong, it was too deep. Well, first thing we got into the sovereignty of God and the doctrine of election predestination out of chapter one, then chapter two, we got into the doctrine of, of depravity, teetotal depravity. Amen. I, I thought it was the right good message myself, and I know the truth of it was there. Anyhow, here we go. Chapter 2, I'll read a little bit. And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, 
wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ, by grace ye are saved, and hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. I'm going to stop right there for try to get through this tonight. Of course, that's not the way Paul wrote this. It is a continuous narrative. And so when we break in like that, you're not to assume that that's where a break is. So the Bible must be read as it was written. And that's why we try to do it verse by verse and do our best to bring forth what is there in the text. Now understand, we've already gone over this in chapter 1. Paul is addressing the assembly at Ephesus. This is the assembly or the church at Ephesus. As far as I know, this was the only church that was in Ephesus. Ephesus was a large place. These people are gathered together. They are members of this church. That means that they are saved. They have confessed. They have submitted to scriptural baptism and they are joined to, committed to the Lord through this assembly to carry out the Great Commission and to learn. And so, that's who Paul is addressing. You, that's who he's talking to, the church at Ephesus. This would apply to any other church in like faith and order. So, The words hath he quickened. If you'll notice in your Bible, they're in italics. All right. Does that mean it doesn't appear? Well, not exactly. Look at verse 5. Even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together. Now that does appear in the Greek. Now where the, the italicized words are, Of course, they were supplied by the translators. Are they out of order? No, they are not. Now here, uh, I don't want you to think I'm trying to get into something or brag on myself. But this could be termed an anacolothon or ellipsis. An anacolothon is is a sentence or statement that stops and leaves out something. 
That could be for time's sake. It could be for emphasis. And the ellipsis is something left out for the same purpose. So here's an example of an anacolathon. The good stuff. What is the good stuff? Now think about it. You left out what the good stuff was. But that would be an anacolathon and it's an ellipsis. Brother Braun would say it's been elided. It's an ellipsis left out of it. Well, why? I don't know why he did it. But it's picked up in verse 5. And so it does. And you who were dead in trespasses and sins. Doesn't it help to have it there? Have you quickened? So it's, it's, it's not unnecessary. It does help and it is right. So now did you all get that lesson? Now we got just had a lesson. All right. Now, you hath he quickened. The word quickened means to be made alive. All right. So he didn't say the whole world was made alive. He didn't say all believers, all people were made alive. He says you at Ephesus, you faithful saints at Ephesus, you hath he quickened. He's not talking to everybody. Well, now, he's not just talking to them. He's talking to everybody that is in the same situation. But if you are a child of God, it's because of the quickening work, power of the Holy Spirit of God. There's the new birth. Regeneration. You hath he quickened who were dead. Now, I think it's Genesis 2.17 is the first mention of death in the Bible. I think I'm right on that. God said, In the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. Now, how are they connected together? Well, did they not eat from that tree? And did they not spiritually die? We know they died spiritually because they didn't die physically until Adam 920 something years later. Or 800 and something. I don't know however old Adam was then. Whatever. I know Adam lived to be what, 925 years? Something like that. 29? 39. 39. Okay, I close. Who, but who's counting? When you, live, when you lived over 900 years, I mean, you ain't counting four or five years. <laughs> anyway, but you say, well, Adam didn't die that day. Yes, he did. Yes, he most certainly did. He died in this sense that Paul is talking to the Ephesians and all other believers. You hath he made alive who were dead. Not just how dead is dead. How dead is dead? Dead is so dead. Paul Kirkman. Anybody remember Paul Kirkman? Uh, he, he's gone with the Lord now. He's one of the most brilliant men, thinkers of modern, my day that I knew of. Loved to hear him preach. And one time he was preaching at a conference and he said, you know, he had a real 
funny way of talking. He had the same problem Tim has. But he lasted. He was up in his 90s, I think. You know, so anyway, I'm doing good. He did well. Anyway, he said, I used to talk about how dead, spiritually dead, he is. He said, all a dead man can do is stink. He said, but I've been wrong. He said, I got studying in this thing. And I found out that a dead man can't even stink on his own. That's bacteria working on him from without. So just how dead is dead? He's so dead, he can't even stink. And that's the same words all through Old and New Testament. Dead is dead. Just how dead were we? We were dead in, not to. We weren't dead to sin. We were dead in sin, trespasses and sin. So, well, think about this. These Armenian evangelists and all that, and this is all they cry and beg and plead and sing 180 verses of Just As I Am. Maybe not that many, but I've, it's felt like it when I've been in some of those things. You wouldn't quit. Preacher, now go, come on down, God. Oh. And some of them go back and try to drag them down the aisle. Not, not if I was there, they wouldn't. You think I wouldn't call them down in a heartbeat? Anyway, what are you trying to do with a dead man? You might as well get to a coffin. Uh, I guess you all heard John Y. Brown passed away. Former governor. He was a Democrat that I thought was a good governor. Uh, I don't know whether he's a saved man or not. I hope he was. I know him and his wife did a great job as governor of Kentucky. Uh, anyway, you see somebody, he's lying in state at the Frankfurt Capitol, Capitol building. I don't know, maybe today, I don't know when he was. Sometime this week. But there's a, there's a dead, dead body in that, in that coffin. Can you imagine somebody going up to him and saying, if you wanted to live, all you would have to do is stand up. You'd put, put them in a nut house, wouldn't you? Because you know that dead man can't do anything. So why would you all make your decision for Christ? Give your heart to Jesus. Accept the Lord. Nowhere in the Bible does it tell you to accept the Lord. All the time here in Ephesians, he made us accepted in the beloved. Amen. That's a big difference there. Anyway, so just how dead, as dead as dead can be, spiritually. Wherein, in that deadness, in time past, ye, second person plural, you all walked according to the course of this world. What is the course of this world? 
started out in a mutiny in the Garden of Eden and gone down ever since, still going down. That's the course of this world because, you know, this world is not going to last forever. We're headed for destruction. And it won't be from Joe Biden. It won't be from Putin. It won't be from Xi Jinping in China. It'll be from God. The heavens and the earth shall pass away with a great noise. There's the big bang. They've just got it on the wrong end. They got it on coming in. We got it on going out. That's where, that's where the big bang is. And then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. So this world is headed for the matter of fact, this world creaks and groans. Your body creaks and groans. I know it does. And the older it gets, the more groans. You wake up every day and got, got a new pain you didn't know. You got a new joint that hurts you never did hurt before. And it keeps on, it keeps on. This old body's heading to the grave. And so is this earth. But I want you to know that Jesus Christ redeemed his people on the cross of Calvary. He also redeemed this earth. This heaven and earth. And that's why we got a new body coming. And we got new heaven and earth coming. All because of the cross of Jesus Christ. Isn't that wonderful? Now. Y'all walked according to the course of this world. According to the prince of the power of the air. Now all you preterists. You people that believe somehow. By some stretch of somebody's imagination. That Satan is chained and bound. Where'd you get such a foolish notion as that? Paul said he's the prince of the power of the air. The spirit, that's a spirit being. Created spirit being nonetheless. But that now works in the children of disobedience. I see nowhere Satan stopped working in the children of disobedience. You can't lay it all on Satan. Sin, when it is finished, follows after the lust of the flesh and then brings forth death. It's our fault. It's a, it's our, we're, we're to blame. But Among whom also we all had our conversation, conduct, that includes it all, what you say, and what you do, what you don't do, and what you don't say. We had it in times past in the lust of our flesh. You're wrong to think every time you see the word lust, it has to do with sex. Certainly does, but that's not exclusive. Any lust of the flesh, that is, whether it's your greed, whether it's your hatred, whether it's sex, whether it's lying, thieving. Somebody said, well, I, I just, I have to do this. No, you don't. You want to do it. Did I not hear that the Senate just passed a bill with a bunch of Republicans? What's his name? You, Mitt Romney's 
One of them, that woman in Maine, that woman in Alaska, voting for it. The two men, it's, it's, it's a law they can get married. They won't get married at Richmond Road Baptist Church. Let me guarantee you that. <clears throat> they don't have to live that life. They choose to live that life. And the transgenders, they choose to live that life. God made two genders, male and female. God made marriage, a male and a female. And that's all. God owns marriage because he made it. Amen. Anyway, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. Somebody said, well, I just have a, a compulsion to steal. Well, you may do. I'm sure. Every wickedness is in our hearts. And it's whatever you want to do that you rebel against God. And you give in to and you do it. Sure. Somebody get into gambling. Talk about being... Uh, fixed. Go right out here at Red Mile Road and you can go out there and win you a little money and go back next week, win you a little more, and you're about hooked. Now you're back there, well, I lost all my money this week, but I bet I can get it back. Loan me $100 and I can go get it back. And that's what people are destroyed by that. And it can happen to anybody that you want it to happen to. Well, what about drinking? My old pappy used to say, son, what you don't start, you don't have to quit. Oh, it's okay to drink a little. You're an idiot if you do. You are. The Bible says you, at the end, it bites like an adder. Drugs? Why would anybody get into drugs? You know what it's going to do to you. Oh, I'm different. Yeah. Yeah, you're different, all right. You'll see. Anyway, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. These people are saved people. And Paul's telling them where they were. Now I want these, I want these hard shells to say you're saved in eternity. I want them to tell me about that. You mean to tell me a saved person was a child of a child of wrath by nature, even as others? I wasn't saved till I was saved. Was I elected in eternity? Of course I was. But I was elected unto salvation in time, and when God saved me, I was there when it happened. Amen. Anyway, but God who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us. Now, who is the us? It's you, hath he quickened, who were dead. There's the us, not everybody in the world. And I'm tired of these preachers taking this and trying to apply it to everybody. It doesn't apply to everybody. Even when we were dead in sins, when we were dead in sins, not to sins, we were very dead in sins, hath quickened us together. 
with Christ. And there's your parenthetical clause. By grace, you're saved. And he hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Well, I've heard people get at a having a revival meeting and say, oh, we're sitting in heavenly places. That's not what that says. That's not even close. He's raised us up together because we're in Christ. When Christ rose from the dead and ascended into heaven, we're there in heaven in Christ. That in the ages to come. Now that talks about long time down the road. He might show the exceeding riches of his grace. This is all about his grace. And he is going to show throughout all eternity the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. All the book of Colossians, Colossians as you prayed us around and see and oh yeah. And he's going to show his grace in us. You mean people like that? That were dead in trespasses and sins, living a life of rebellion and hatred against God. And God, in His mercy, through Jesus Christ, has made us alive in Him. Amen. What's that show? It shows God's grace. Amen. Verse 8. For or because, by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Now let's look at this verse. For by grace are you all saved through faith. Didn't say by faith, said through. Faith is the channel whereby you receive salvation. Now this little pronoun here, that and that, not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. A little controversy over that. Several of the commentaries will Try to say, well, because of the gender of that pronoun and the gender of pistis, faith in the verse, they don't go together, so it's not talking about faith. A lot of them say that. But now what I want to do, I want to read you a quote from Roscoe Braun, who was, as far as I know, the soundest, and the best Greek scholar of my day. He says on that pronoun. That. Quote. The pronoun that in this text. Has as its antecedent. That's the word that bring, brings this forth. 
not merely the noun faith, but rather the entire clause. By grace are you saved through faith, that is, the whole uh, experience of being saved by grace through faith is not an experience of ourselves, but is the gift of God. So, I've often said that is referring to the faith, but so is the rest of it. It's all the gift of God. And the reason they, they deny that, they don't want to agree that faith, saving faith, is the gift of God. Because if it's the gift of God, then salvation is 100% of the Lord. And it is not of ourselves. So why are these Armenians trying to stir up faith within lost people? I've heard them in their... Early on, when I still be around some of them, I haven't gone to one of their services in years. Wouldn't do it knowingly. But I've heard them say, I think you brethren have too. God enables everybody to be, to be a believer. He brings everybody to a point to where they can receive or reject, and it's all up to them. You might be surprised how many preachers believe that. Now, they wouldn't preach it around some of us, but they if we wasn't there, they'd preach it. I've caught them. Anyway, I thought Brother Brown did a tremendous job on that. I may even run that on Facebook. Anyway. So, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. See, what in the world could that be referring to? If it's not referring to salvation by grace through faith, the whole thing. What else could it refer to? If it doesn't do that, it has no sense being there. Anyway. And it's not of works. Lest. L-E-S is pronounced. Lest. Not least. Those are two different words. Least means less. Lest. Except. Lest. Any man should boast. If salvation was by works, if my faith, if I stirred up my faith, is this why I don't like to hear him talk about? Place your faith in Jesus. And that needs a whole lot of explanation. Repent and believe the gospel. Amen. That's what it says. So, anyway, 
because we are his workmanship. Now look at Romans 1. Verse 20, for the invisible things of him, that's from God, from or since the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they're without excuse. The things that are made is exactly the same Greek terminology that we are his workmanship. The same power that created all things that are, made all of his people, made his believers, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Look at Romans 9, 23. And that he might make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy, which he had afore prepared unto glory. That's the exact same word before ordained used in Ephesians 2.10. Same word. So he's before ordained that we should walk in them. That's our purpose, what he, what he made us for. Those are the good works that he's talking about. Wherefore, remember that you all being in time past, Gentiles in the flesh. Well, heathen in the flesh. That's what we were. But we are not now. If you're saved now, you're not now. You are a spiritual Jew just as Abraham was. Who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands. Well, the circumcision, that's the Jews. And that was made by hands by the act of circumcision on the eighth day of the Jews. And they call us the uncircumcision. But that at that time you all were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. What an awful mess to be in. Look where he's taken us. You were dead in trespasses and sins, and you were without Christ, Aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope, and without God in the world. Now, when you see that, you watch, watch these church billboards. They put stuff out there as if everybody driving by is a child of God. 
When you see this, what kind of an awful predicament were we in? It can't get much any worse than that, can it? Just to be burning in hell, but we were, uh, except for that, we were as bad as you could get. We were without anything. We had God, we were enemies of God, and God was our enemy. But now, in Christ Jesus, you all who, now sometimes, that doesn't mean just at one time and not another. Sometimes, just time passed. You were far off. How far were we? Look all in verse 12, all the way back to verse 1. Couldn't get any further off, away from God. But now in Christ Jesus, you're made near by the blood of Christ. So how precious is the blood of Christ? And that's all we've got going for us, folks. Amen. We don't have works going for us. So we've been told and emphatically, categorically, it's not of works. It's all of the grace of God. For Christ is our peace. Who hath made both one and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us. Well, we can look at that and see in the tabernacle and the temple, the veil within, huge veil, 15 foot by 15 foot, 15 foot tall. I forget how thick it was, but you, there's no way you, could, you couldn't have got up on a ladder and ripped that thing. But it was... But in the temple, when Jesus Christ died on the cross, that veil ripped, uh, it, it ripped in two from the top to the bottom. Nobody got up there and did that. And that middle wall of partition between us, what did that in indicate? Uh, actually, that, that veil was the flesh of Christ. Through his sacrifice, he opened up the way for his people to go to God. Amen. Having abolished in his flesh the enmity. Even the law of commandments contained in ordinances. For to make in himself of twain, that's two, one new man so making peace. And that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross having slain the enmity thereby. Man, what a chapter. Huh. Well, I don't think that's too much for anybody to hear. I think everybody ought to hear it. That's all.